is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Critics Corner Podcast. I'm William Locke, and joining me, as he does every Sunday night, is Luis Barranco. Luis, how's it going? How are exams? Exams are they're done. We don't think about the past, we think about today. So, you know, they're done. We got them over with. Got home, got some Chipotle Thursday night, uh, and watched the NFL draft. Watched uh, Will Levis fall out of the first round. Um, watch uh, Lucas Van Ness, Ness's dad uh, grab mm-hmm. his girlfriend's ass, who is Cole Komet's uh, da- uh, sister. Yes. So, um, My Packer friend was telling me about that today. Yeah. I didn't actually notice that during the broadcast, and I didn't see it go viral on Twitter, really. So that was like my first time hearing about it. The The takeaways from the draft is that uh, Will Levis's, uh sisters are very attractive. <laughs> He's probably single at this point. Um, Lions are idiots. The Van Ness family, uh, you know, it's a lot of love, you know, a lot of love in the air in that family. That, that family and also the McCarthy family. JJ McCarthy. Saw that, and then, uh, then, uh, you know, just had a had an enjoyable weekend. You know, you know, enjoyable weekend, just relaxing. I mean, nothing to do till I start working in two weeks. My start day got pushed, so, um, I am unemployed for the next two weeks. Sounds like you can watch every MLB game then. You know, I thought about going to the to the game this morning, to the um, Cubs Marlins series this morning. Yeah. But um, I went out Friday night, and I did not get home till six seven in the morning. I didn't fall asleep till six seven in the morning, so I didn't go to bed till six or seven in the morning on Friday night. And then at ten a.m., I was already up, going to the gym and lifting. How? That's like that's no sleep. Yeah, well, I mean, that's Miami for you. You start pre gaming and drinking and doing whatever you want to do. At like nine, ten o'clock at night, you get to the to establish at to your desired establishment at after midnight, and you just keep on going. Yeah, I'm good on all that. I'm 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 usually in bed by ten thirty on trust, a, on a Friday. Trust me. I mean, I'm waiting to retire. I'm trying to retire. You know, it's it's a young man's game. I feel like you know Brett Favre out there, out there d- taking hits. Um. I'm like Julio Franco out there. Julio Franco, Jamie Moyer levels, you know. I mean, he, yeah, he played till he was 48. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, hey, he uh, Julio Franco led the league in batting average in 1991. So, yeah, but he ended his career in 2007. Yeah, but what, but that, bro, that, I saw a little bit of, I saw, so this weekend, I could say baseball wise, out of the you know weather's been eighty degrees here because we always do weather. I don't know if you guys care. Fifties, fifties, uh, rainy um, in Chicago, rainy weekend, but decent on yes yesterday evening. It, it was like in the sixties, so nice lower sixties evening. We we had sporadic rain. I mean, Palm Beach got some tornadoes, but you know that doesn't scare me. You know, coming from a place where we had tornadoes, but um, you know, past two weeks in here, you know, I don't know if you listeners keep up with uh current events, but we uh, uh, the city of Miami actually did not have gas last week, not this past week, but the one before. What do you mean? So there was a huge storm. It wasn't really that big of a storm, 
but it actually flooded the whole for a lot of the airport. It flooded the whole, like, all oh, I did see that. Yeah. And so yeah. the gas dispensaries are in Fort Lauderdale. So from Fort Lauderdale South to the homestead, there was no gas. I had to wait two and a half hours in line because ironically, my gas tank was less than, you know, required levels and I needed gas and I had to wait two and a half hours to get gasoline. And you drive everywhere, so yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, so yeah, you drive everywhere. It's not like in Chicago, you just take the L to the, you know. Yeah. Other than that, you know, I started lifting again. Feels 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 good, even though my body is crying inside. Feels yeah. Like first time but since when? I squatted for the first time since January, and I, and I look like a noob out there. So definitely, Gotta, you'll slowly build back into it. You you know. Thankfully, you know, I was watching the the I was. I was being a noob, but the White Sox were on, on the, in the gym. So, you know, as bad as I looked, you know, I wasn't looking as bad as those White Sox. The White Sox were AC movies. The worst play of the weekend I saw was uh, man was on first and third. And this was the first inning. The – I can't remember. I think it was like the cleanup guy for the Rays hits a bloop into the – into right field. Right fielder catches it in shallow right, and Randia Rosarena tags up from first base, and the guy from third base also tagged up and went home. And the White Sox right fielder actually hesitated to throw the ball. And I'm like, buddy, like, why don't you just like, you avoid all this like tag, tagging up by just throwing it into the infield. Don't you? And it was like it was shallow. It's not like we're talking like. Warning track. It was like, yeah, close. So that, that had to be the worst play this weekend. Well, there was that. Then you also had the one where Yasmani Grandal bobbled it and let the guy go from second to third um, on on a play where a run already had scored. Um, and then also the Luis Robert ground ball that he didn't run out when he would have easily made it if he showed some sign of hustle and. For whatever reason, like it looked like he was hurt. Like there was speculation that he was hurt. It was so so embarrassing. Uh, the manager pulled him from from the game, but they did win today. Walk off home run by Andrew Vaughn. Uh, so they I think they won eight games total now. Um, yeah, eight and twenty one. Which if you look at the grand scheme of things, they're only two games ahead of Oakland, and you know a game ahead of Kansas City. So. I mean, we can do a White Sox deep dive. That's not on the schedule today. But... I was going to say that you want to, you want to, because I was like, you just want to talk about them because they're kind of been the biggest talking point in the league for the past week. I think we have to, yeah. I think we have to do a, a, I don't know what's the word, uh, investigation, investigation, a, uh, a, like a what's some like a dentist appointment, something you don't like doing. Like uh, we're giving them like a colonoscopy, maybe on the weirder side of things. Like, like or, or it's like when your girlfriend or your boyfriend, whatever your preference is, says we need to have a talk. Like you don't want to do that. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You don't. You, when they say, oh, it's like we have to talk. Uh, I can't speak about this ex- from experience. I can't. But it's just like the words we have to have a talk. Um. And yeah, it's never talking, going. It's never. That's never a good thing. Or when there says, oh, I'm fine or okay. Like it's not that's 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 not that's not it, you know. For you listeners, 
that don't have that much experience, just, you know, whenever you hear those words, and I say it's, there's usually not a good outcome to it. Something's up. And I think that's what we are at the White Sox. I mean, my biggest thing is the season's lost at this point because I just feel like this team just stinks. I don't it's feel lost. like yeah. they're, they're just like, and it's just not like, if it was old scheduling where they would have, they would repeatedly play th- their own division, I'd be like, okay, the team has enough talent to beat up on those bad teams, but it's kind of like, this is what year? Year four or year five with this team? Yeah. It's, it's like kind of like the team has ran its course. I think it's time to tear it down. Now, the thing about it is, is like, what pieces do you have to give that actually, you know, are of value? That's the that's the, the issue. That's the, these guys the, think right now. Like, that's the issue that Rick Hahn is facing. And if you look at the restricted or, or the free agents, like Yasmani Grandal, right? He's a free agent after the season. On the page. He's horrible, and he's making $18.2 million a year. He's hitting 241 with two home runs. He does have a 107 WRC+, plus, which is slightly above league average, but he's a 0.1 war, which is horrible at this point in the season. Um, and He's a big walks guy. He's a big walks guy, but the thing about it is with Grandal is kind of like – and I can't remember who said it. Well, he's not a he's not a big walks guy this season. Used to be, used to be, but I remember I one of the you can one of the big nation national guys that was talking because because one of the biggest news in the last trade deadline was that Wilson Contreras didn't get traded. And I think we all kind of knew that he wasn't gonna stay in Chicago. Yeah. And so somebody, I can't remember what national analyst said, just think about it, guys. You know, catcher is one of those positions where it's not like, all right, you go pick up a glove and you go field. There's much more of a mental aspect, and you have to know your rapport with the pitchers. And it's not just, oh, go hit and field. This is more – it's it's it, hard to transition mid-year to a new pitching staff 100%. and, and yeah. doing a game plan and knowing how to, like – because what makes some of the – like, there's catchers that aren't great hitters, but what makes them great is they know how to manage a game back there. They're a second manager. They know how to – they know personalities of the pitchers. Sometimes, you know, some pitchers, you just let them pitch. Others, you have to like, all right, let's go talk. Let's do this. And that's kind of the biggest thing. It's kind of like with a guy like Grandal, it's like, what market will he have? That That's one. I don't I, 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 I don't think he's, you know, a, a team that a contender that might need a catcher would go after a Yasmani Grandal. I just, I just, I don't see it. Are you, are you, are you, are you scrapping Benintendi? <laughs> I'm yeah, so I'm, glad the Yankees did not sign Andrew Benatendi. Oh my gosh, he's been terrible. Uh, let's yeah, see. In terms of numbers, yeah, he's at a 0.1 WAR. He's hitting 281. Which, if we know anything about Benatendi, the the only real value that he had is the fact that he hit for average. He's hitting 281 um, with, of course, no home runs and only five ribbies. He's a decent defender, but if you look at his his uh, baseball savant numbers. His exit velo numbers are staggering. He's in the in the 16th percentile in average exit velocity. Max you, exit velocity, 25th percentile. Those are horrible numbers. Four percent hard hit rate. I mean, what happened? And you see, that's one of the biggest things that I think it was you or I think it was one of the yes network guys said it's like, oh, this was a great trade. But when he had that 
injury, that hand wrist injury. Yeah. One of those injuries that it's been known that's kind of like players don't usually come back from that, like, okay, back again. And they start doing the same thing. It's one of those that it takes time. And sometimes you don't get that power back. I think it was a handmade bone injury. And yeah. so we see it. He was never a big power guy, but man, the downfall of that guy just, and I don't want to say downfall because he's still a productive MLB player. He's just not, he's not like, because when he came up in Boston, he was like, oh, this guy has like the potential to be like one of the next like building blocks. Yeah. Red Sox. And he went from there to Kansas City and then to New York. It's kind of like it's been up and down. So they don't have those two. I mean, I don't think anybody's trading for Eloy and putting him as, as a left fielder because that dude's a freaking linebacker, a defensive lineman out there in the outfield. He's hit two home runs. He's hit two home runs. He's got a negative 0.3 war. He has a negative war. He's hitting 187. He's been horrible. There's no, there's no way he's going to a contender. And think about it. AL East teams, nobody's trading for him because it's like you have to go play at big outfields. And the Orioles, like think about the places where he has to go play, like huge outfields. Like he's awful. The only two players of value on that team, actually three, is Giolito, but his value is going down. All their pitchers have stunk. Exactly, Giolito. Um, Hendricks, well, not, he hasn't stunk, but, you know. We haven't seen him this year. Yeah, well, he has cancer. Not and, anymore. Not oh, anymore. That's newsflash. Did not know that. Yeah. And um, uh, Tim Anderson, the problem about Tim Anderson is shortstop is such a – it's a position that everybody has a good one. There's so many of them. And it's just like, think about the contenders with good shortstops. The Orioles aren't trading for Tim Anderson the way Jorge Mateo is playing. The, the Yankees aren't trading for Tim Anderson with Anthony Volpe and Peraza. Uh, yeah. just, I, not- I, I would I would take Tim Anderson. The, we can do a Yankees investigation next week because it's getting dark. But... Right, I, 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 right now I would take TA over what we. What we're but running. just, just think about the contenders, and I think he's up for money too. So it's like, like what team would need a shortstop? So he's got a club option for fourteen mil next year, and then he's a uh, unrestricted free agent after next season. So he has value, but you do have to think in mind that you do have to pay him. And he's also he's thirty, and he's kind of always hurt. But he's not always hurt, but he always has an Andrew like minor injury where he misses like two or three weeks, close to a month of the year. Yes. The thing is, is like my whole thing with like shortstops is that everybody has one. Think of the contenders; everybody pretty much has one. Yeah, it's not like the teams that don't have one either have young guys that are coming up. Yankees, young guy. Are the Dodgers really gonna go trade for him? Even I mean, though they just got Rojas, and also that they have Rojas is that uh, Gavin Lux is back next year. So the, the the Braves could trade for him. I mean, they could, but it's not but, like the Braves have a lot to offer. They don't have anything left in the farm. The, the farm is pillaged by Oakland. Oakland has their whole farm. Yeah. And then the other guy left is Luis Robert. And then it's kind of like, what do, you, what do you do? Yeah, Luis Robert's been okay. Um, he started out really hot. He's, he, I mean, he's hitting 213 now uh, with a 78 WRC plus. He does have five homers and 13 RBI. So that's, you know, he's a bit of a power bat at this point, but he strikes out 29% of the time, he 0.54. He's just like their offense, their best hitter has been Jake Berger this season. He's got seven homers and a 176 WRC plus. He's been by far their best hitter. 
Moncada started out hot. He's he's been hurt. He's only hitting th- he's hitting 308, but he's only played nine games. Like Jake Berger's been their best hitter, it, and it's unfortunate because they had all these young, exciting prospects, and it seems like not like none of them are going to pan out at this point. And like we haven't really spent much about ta- time talking about the pitching, but. I mean, you got Lance Lynn, who is has the worst ERA amongst qualified starters at this point in the entire league. He's got a 7.16 ERA. This is a guy that, you know, they were expecting to be a number one guy on this team when they when they got him over uh, to, to Chicago. Their only saving things are T.A. and Luis Robert. And like I said, I don't think there's a lot of teams that would be trading a lot for T.A. Like, they would trade a lot, but I don't think you're going to get, like – it's just there's so many shortstops, and it's just like nobody's trading for a second baseman. Second baseman is not a a uh, priority position in the diamond compared to, like, center, pitching. Yeah. You know? So it's kind of like for, – for my hope as a fan, I just hope they tear it down. I just want to see TA on a good team because I'm a TA fan. I feel like I, – I, I want to see Tim Anderson on a good team as well. I, I just don't think he's – like elite level. He's not top tier. He's like a second or third tier shortstop. No offense. I know you love the guy. But who, who's your elite shortstops? That's my question. I mean, you want to talk like this month, like this season or? Just in, just in general. If you're not putting TA up there as top 10, top eight shortstops in the game right I now. I think he's a top 10 shortstop. I just feel like there's only like two or three elite guys. Because I feel like elite gets thrown around way too much just in general, and I just feel like if you're talking about elite guys that do everything, you know... I, I, I don't think I can have Lindor in that conversation anymore. Oh, absolutely not. No, Lindor, no. Lindor's a glorified defensive shortstop. He's, yeah, he's he's a great defensive shortstop. He, the bat's gone. The, the bat's, bat's gone. Been, been gone for the past two to three seasons. Been gone. And the numbers are staggering. If you want to go do to go look at those when you, you have time, those are down. I'm, just, I, I think you have to put... I think I have Bogarts in that discussion of elite shortstops. I mean, yeah, and that's that's one of the most idiotic things that the Red Sox didn't do, pay him. I love Bogarts. It, well, like, I, I think they didn't want to pay him, and I've been saying this because they think they can get they're, – they're relying on Marcelo Meyer. I just feel like with shortstops is is like – right now, I don't think we have a true five-tool shortstop. Yeah, I mean, the running part is what hurts Bogarts. Otherwise, he would be a five-tool guy. Well, then people say, but then people say, "Oh, Trey Turner," but Trey Turner defensively isn't. Trey like, Turner, he's good, but he's not like Lindor good. Because I think like Lindor is like the standard as a defensive shortstop right now. You know, yeah. Um, Turner, Turner, it, I think he gets a little bit hyped up. Like he's like a highlight kind of guy. We see, you know, a ton of highlights of him all the time, like doing hitting home runs and like making uh, or like having those nice slides, but I just don't feel like he's, I don't know. I think he's a little bit overrated. I mean, he's, he's a 0.4 war at this point in the, of the season. He only has two homers. Um, Use them all up. It's out a lot, like 24% strikeout rate. It was a WBC man. He used all those homers in the WBC. That's what I said. I just feel like with shortstops and like, I know we're kind of getting off the, the track, is just kind of like if you want to go look at a true elite shortstop, I don't think there's like an elite elite five tool guy because every single one has like a very big deficiency. And I'm not saying they have to be perfect in that spot, but I just feel like 
you know, there's like, there's something that's like leaves to desire. Like Trey, like, I think we both can agree that they, he leaves a lot to be desired. It's just like, Trey's like, you go to this nice steakhouse and it's good, but you don't know why it's not like very good or elite. Oh, I, I can tell you, I went to a steakhouse with my family about a month ago when they were in town visiting. It was supposed to be one of the better steakhouses in Chicago. And we go and nice ambiance, good, solid appetizers. And then the steaks come and the meat was high quality, but this, like there was, it was just like raw, like raw meat, like not raw, but it was, it was cooked, but it was just no, no seasonings, no flavor. It was just a hunk of meat. Bro, like, that's, that's, that's the same thing I'm saying. Like Trey Turner, not going to lie, is like STK. I went to STK last month and like it was on South Beach. Good. Like you said, good ambiance, good vibes. The steak was pretty good. But I don't know why I'm just kind of like, man, I've had better. Like, I know there's better. Like, or there's 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 something missing. That's how I feel with Trey. And I, I can say, like, getting off topic a little bit, but having, like, been, been to a lot of steakhouses all over the world, having to, you know, whoa, whoa, all over able the to world. go to a lot of very nice steakhouses and eat good steak. Whoa. I will say, like, out of all the steakhouses I've ever been to, Folks Folly in Memphis is still probably the best steak I've ever had. Outside of my dad's, my dad makes an yeah, unreal steak on the grill. Your your, your dad is a grill master. Yeah, yeah. The the lock the lock family, you know, lock family grill doesn't always hits. It is, yeah, yeah. I can't say that, and our mom can also attest to that one. But now back to the topic. But that's so like with Tim, it's like he's top five to eight in my opinion. I think that's. I fair. think his. I think his bat's up there. I just think what hurts Tim is that like he doesn't have that elite speed. It's very good speed, but it's not elite, and his defense is kind of meh. I think out of that category of like five to eight, his defense is probably like bottom tier. Mm-hmm. Like Javi, I don't want to say Javi Baez level because Javi Baez does make plays, but like, you know, I mean, if you look at. Baez actually has really good defensive numbers. He just has those boneheaded plays in there that make highlight reels. Um, but I mean, we can talk about the Tigers and the, their situation with his contract in, in another time. But if you're if you're a White Sox fan at this point in the season, and I don't know if you've seen that guy on TikTok and like Instagram reels, whatever. I think it's like White Sox Joey or something. Make some funny videos of him raging at the White Sox games. Um, on the TV, but if you're if you're a White Sox fan, I think at this point in the season, you kind of just have to hope that some oh, of these guys man. turn it around and start to play a little bit better and boost up their trade value, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then they can move them at the deadline. Because this team, like like I said, they're eight eight and twenty one, yeah, eight and twenty one through twenty nine games through a month of baseball. Like their their season's toast. Uh, you know they're. They're nine games out of the the American League Central. But if you look at the Twins, who are three and a half up, I love their pitching. Twins are looking like a really solid team right now. Oh, yeah. And I was going to – we'll talk about well, They're that. not winning the division. They're just not. We can, we can talk more about the Twins later because I did want to give them some, some props. But, like, yeah, I mean, the White Sox, I don't know. It's just like they just need to start over. But it's just so hard to start over because it's literally like they have nothing. They have absolutely nothing. And I kind of feel like this has been, and you kind of called this a couple of years ago. You've never been fully on the wagon. You've never been fully. And it's just like, they just need to like, they should just boot it now before it gets worse. And that was after the Astros series when they got swept. And you were like, they need to just like erase, control, alt, delete this thing. And like command Q, delete the word file, 
you know, start over, blank slate it, and just forget about it. It's depressing, man. Like, no one goes to those games. I, they had a good crowd on Saturday, but that was because they were giving away free hockey jerseys. Oh, you went to the game? You went no, to the game? I, no, we decided not to go. Uh-huh. It was crappy weather during the day. We're like, meh. But um, it yeah. was crowded that game. There was because they were giving out the hockey jerseys. But outside of that, um, the crowds have been embarrassing. Team's been embarrassing. It's just really depressing. And the Cubs got swept by the Marlins this weekend. So they're not I, like I said last week. I think they're going to fall off. That's starting to happen already. So again, Chicago sports suck right now. But hopefully the Bulls get Victor Wembanyama in the NBA draft lottery. I mean, Miami's been playing pretty well. Let's let's give them credit. They they've been. You have they have an MVP candidate on the team, which we'll talk about later. Good trans. I mean, that's a good transition if we're ready to get into the main um, topics of today's podcast. So, a so main topic for today. I mean, we we uh, I'll just get into it. I mean, so last week we kind of teased that we were going to do a a ladder throughout the season. Month, I think we're going to do a monthly ladder of uh, awards, talking about the big awards, the MVP, the Cy Young, and the rookie. So we have decided to do our top three candidates in each league and we'll talk about it. So we got AL MVP first. This is in no particular order, but I have Matt Chapman, Randy Rosarena and Mike Trout as my AL MVP. And so the caveat when I went through these awards is I value a player's season. And this is how I value it. I value a player's season stats and his post stats. So for example, a lot of you guys are probably listening are probably like, how does this dude not have Shohei? Shohei's numbers aren't like they're pretty good, but like we've seen that. If show we're not, I'm not gonna give Shohei an award for doing the same season he has last year. Like you have to raise levels. If you're trying to get it again, you have to raise levels. And that's sort of the thing. It's kind of like an NBA, LeBron should have gotten the MVP for like consecutive seasons, but because we've seen him do this, it's kind of like he's at a higher standard. An example is like, oh, Russell Westbrook averaging a triple-double. He he had an insane year that year. He deserves it. He never did that again. So that's kind of why I put guys like Matt Chapman in and then Randy's in. Mike Trout's also having a very, very good season that's going under the radar. He started off slow, but he's turned it around, and he's had his insane numbers. So that's my top three for the AL. No order. So I like the – the idea between your Otani or on your Otani point, I think ultimately he is going to win the MVP. He's minus 105 on DraftKings right now. Last time I checked, uh, like an hour ago. So mm-hmm. in terms of my ladder, I have Otani first just because – and you 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 might be right. Like certainly offensively his numbers are, are pretty like consistent with what he's been his entire mm-hmm. career. The pitching has been incredible this season from him. Unfortunately, he did get roughed up a little bit by Oakland in his last start, so that will put him back in the Cy Young rankings for me. We'll get into those in a bit. Um, But ultimately, just what he does on both sides of the baseball, we haven't seen. And I'll be very curious to see, like, if Otani ends up having, like, a pretty similar season to what he's been doing in previous years outside of his one MVP season. Like, if he just puts up – matches the numbers that he's been at his entire career, will he just – continue to win MVPs unless you get an Aaron judge type season last year. Um, the, here, the, here, the writers have an interesting dilemma there because like theoretically he's more valuable to his team than any other player, just because what he does on both sides of the baseball. I mean, but, the, but, but, but the, the team still doesn't win. 
That's the thing. And that's another thing I also forgot to add in my, like what went through my process through these awards is I value winning. So if you're balling and you're on a good ball club and a competing ball club, you're going to be, I'm not going to give you props if you're putting up 350 and hitting 20 jacks, if you aren't on the Oakland A's, like you're not winning, you're not adding value to your team. The most valuable player means if you are not there that day, if you are not there for work, the job's not getting done. So, so based on that analysis, you don't have Brent Rucker in your MVP ladder. I mean, not right now. You know, you know where he went to high school. You went to. Uh, I'm not going to say I hate that high school. Yeah, we we won't mention it. I hope there's no no Memphian listeners that'll can out us on that one. But it's, both uh, know where he went to high school. I played he against. Went, he went to high school at ECS, my uh, Lausanne's main rival. Not 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 uh, Christian Brothers, but yeah, ECS. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I respect people that go to that school. I truly respect. I just hated playing you guys. Like I like you hate the the Red Sox. I hate UCS with a burning passion. Like, yeah, I remember you guys had some big soccer games against them. If if if, 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 it, if it was if I don't care if we went one in twelve. If if we went had a five hundred bang average season, I don't care. Beating them is was just as good as getting like. To be honest, our team went to state final four. But honestly, the best feeling was just beating them, like making, yeah. be, beating them. Like it was, oh, it doesn't matter. We, yeah. We had a, we don't need to get into Memphis high school rivalries, but we had a kind of rivalry like that with Houston because they had a really good baseball program. But um, okay. Otani for me is one in the MVP ladder. Uh, two, you have to have Randy Rosarena for, I mean, he's been the best player on the best team in the league this season yeah. so far. And I think you have to tip your cap to him there. Uh, he already has a 1.4 war and he's hit seven jacks and 28 RBI. So yeah, dude's been raking and he plays really good defense. Uh, actually, he doesn't play really good defense. I, I'll say he he he, ha- he makes really good plays on defense, but he adds energy to the team. That's something that doesn't go in the stat sheet. It's just like you feel it when he plays. Like yeah. you know he adds something to that clubhouse. They they just they just do differently, they move differently. So that's why I put him there. Um, and, 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 um, he was one of those guys that had a really good WBC and actually carried it over into the regular season this year. That's, that's, that's something we have to investigate too. A lot of these WBC guys that had good WBCs have taken it or that actually played in WBC have actually been playing good ball into the season. Yep. Jesus Lizardo, Alex Verdugo. Randy Dude, I love what I've seen from Lizardo. I've been on him for, yeah since, since the first weekend. So yeah, he, he looked, he looked decent on Friday night. When he pitched versus the Cubs, the Stroman versus Lazardo matchup. Yeah, that was our pitching matchup of the day for Friday. And then my third guy uh, is Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, you had him on there, and then I think you you exited out or you you put took him off. But he's hitting three twenty one, one fifty seven plus. Matt Chapman's just having an insane year right now. That's just like, and it, I agree. He's in. We'll get into the team of the month later. He's going to be the third baseman for that. I also base mine off of guys that I think can keep it up for the entire season and will be there in the end come October. I, I well, uh, you know, Matt Chapman was amazing this this month. Uh, that strikeout rate is still really high, 22. Well, not really high, but pretty high, 22.9. And I ultimately don't think he's going to be, you know, he's not going to be a 372 hitter with a 215 WRC plus. Hey, that, you're, you're doubting that, but you forgot how he finished the year. Like when he got traded from Oakland to t- Toronto, 
he was a slow starter. He was a slow burner. But once he got going, like, he was, like, tops in the league to finish out the year. Like, if you just take out the beginning, you know, he became an absolute weapon and been a weapon. So it's it's carried over. So I don't feel that. And he's always been a pretty good player. So he's yeah, no, he's always been in, you know, platinum gold or platinum glove winner. Like, you know, he brings defensively as well. So, I mean, at this rate, Matt Chapman's going to get a bag this offseason. Hey, what's up with the uh, third basemans that get traded from Oakland to Toronto? Do they end up in Minnesota and Atlanta and then maybe? <laughs> oh, you're talking about you're, you're referencing Josh Donaldson, clearly. That's right. Yeah. My least favorite Yankee currently. And he's, of course, on the shelf right now because every Yankee is. Uh, National League uh, MVP, I mean, I think right now the obvious winner for this award would be Ronald Acuna Jr. Dude has four homers, 14 RBI, and 13 stolen bases. Uh, 14.4K rate, which is solid. Uh, He's hitting 352 average with a 440 OBP. 546 slug, 166 WRC plus and a 1.7 war. He leads the National League or is tied with Xander Bogarts in the National League for Fangraph's war. Um, I mean, you doubted the guy. You were like, you you don't know how you feel about him coming into the season. You didn't like what you saw with him for Venezuela. You didn't like his numbers last year, but I feel like he has to be answering your questions at this point. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's he's my top dog right now. He's the guy I'm – I'm I'm surprised. We I I've always been an Acuna fan. I loved his swing. We I remember I, I fell in love with his swing watching him do the derby one year. How he was just spraying the ball all over, and I've always loved the way he plays. At one point, I was saying that he's the best player in baseball over Trout. And so now that you know he's back to that level, and I kind of feel the ACL, and like with all injuries, you know you can't work on your game when you're hurt. So now that he had a full offseason to get better and everything, he's back. So. I mean, very big, and I feel like if he would have played like that in October for the Braves, they would have won the whole thing. But, you know. Yeah, hey, yeah you're probably right. That was a tough series for them against we, Philly. We can't, we can't go back. I mean, the Braves are firing right now. Yeah, can I ask you a question on that? The the Braves are 18-9. and nine. Uh, They are three games up in the National League division. Do you think they already have that division wrapped up, even though it's only three games? Do no. you think they're – I think they'll win it, but I just feel like Philadelphia should rebound into shape when Bryce comes back, which we'll talk about later. And, I mean, the Mets will Mets are going to get healthy at some point in the year. And, you know, they'll, the Mets will do something. It's not a question if, like, they're definitely going to do something at the deadline and they'll keep it close. So it's going to come down, like, I don't think nobody's going to run away with that division, but it's definitely going to be within, like, five games, always. Yeah, I, I don't know. I really – I just don't like the Braves pitching. That's my thing. I'm not a huge Braves pitching guy. Like I enjoy, like I like what they have, but I just don't feel like in totality. I don't, I don't know. I think Freed and and Strider could be the best one, two punch in in the entire game. I just feel like they need one more arm. For a seven game series. I think you might be right. Um, I don't love the Mets though. The Mets just have not impressed me. That lineup is just mid it's really unfortunate that those two games uh, in the Mets Brave series got rained out uh, this weekend. They will be playing tomorrow at noon uh, Central Time. So, but that's, least, yeah. but, but that's what I'm saying. It's just like the Mets will do something. The Mets aren't just going to sit, and they do have a farm system that they can go out and get people. So it's not like, oh, will they do it? Like it's when. 
Like they will do something. And actually this kind of plays into the favor of the Mets that the games I think got postponed till August or September. So like the health, the they'll be healthy. And it's just like, those games will actually matter more instead of it just being like, Oh, some regular, I know every game matters, but instead of it being a end of April game, it's going to be a game like in August or in September that will actually matter for seeding in the pennant race. Yeah. You'll have a better, better understanding of the landscape for the playoffs and, and everything in that nature for sure. Um, yeah. I, I, it's an interesting division. I think you're right about Philly. Philly's definitely coming. They're on a four game win streak, winning streak. They're going to get Harper back. Um, they're losing right now, four to two in the fifth against the the Phil, uh, against the Astros. But um, the, the, that's a really good division. Miami, who knows? Maybe Miami will stick around with all that pitching they have. Yeah, I mean, the, we'll talk about that more. But um, back to the N- MVP, you 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 said Bogarts is in your list, and you put Max Muncie, right? Yeah, I got Bogarts and Muncie uh, in there as well. I mean, Muncie having a super surprising season. You know, he's only hitting two fifty, but he leads the entire league. Uh, with 11 home runs, 22 ribbies, um, and a 190 WRC plus 1.4 Fangraph WAR. Uh, like really, really, really happy for the guy just to have such a good bounce back season. And then Bogarts, you know, he mentioned last year how he knew how or he felt disrespected by the contract that Boston offered him, and it was kind of an awkward season for him because he could he felt that he wasn't wanted. Well, he clearly can. He feels like he's being that he's wanted in San Diego because he's been crushing it as well. Um, he's hitting 311 with six homers, uh, 13 ribbies. He's on my fantasy team, so uh, shout out. Um, and yeah, Bogarts and Muncie, but I think Acuna is, is pretty far ahead of those guys at this point in the season. Just one month. Yeah. I'm a big Bogarts fan. I've always loved this game, but he did not make my list. I do agree with Muncie. My other MVP is Luis Arias. Arias. He is hitting like 400 right now yeah dude's cracked i'll give it to him dude's cracked and like he's single-handedly holding the marlins up i mean jazz hasn't had a great year i mean jazz has gotten really unlucky if you go look at the stats the numbers he should be hitting close to 300 if when the ball's in play he hits close to 350 when the ball's in play but he just is like he's been striking out lining out i mean just going they they dropped jazz to sixth in the lineup he's been rough What's yeah. his? Let me look up his strikeout percentage because probably according to, according to Baseball Savant, he's in the bottom third uh, percentile of strikeout percentage. Yeah, he's he's striking out thirty six point six percent of the time. It's not very good. Which is compared, which is that's that actually leads the league. Yeah. So Jazz. Yeah, yeah that's rough. Yeah, that's, that's your MLB the show cover athlete. By the way, I mean, I think it was premature. I think everybody kind of said the same thing. I just, I mean. I feel like a lot of it goes to just that he's learning a new position. And he, that I was about to make that point. I was watching the Peacock game this morning against the Cubs and they were interviewing him in the middle of the game. He was mic'd up and they asked him like, what was the biggest challenge, you know, transitioning into center field this year. Uh, And he said, honestly, like getting into, he said, running into the dugout to, to hit and they laughed it off, but it makes sense because We've had this conversation so many times, just the added stress and and strain that it takes to play a center field or a shortstop than it does a second base, which is what he had been playing in the past. He has to focus so much more on that side of the ball as well. Um, and like, listen, he, he started out rough, but he's, he's certainly picked it up. Uh, he's gotten better out there. Um, but just having to spend so much time focusing on defense has certainly probably, you know, 
hurt his offense. I, I think ultimately he's super young. What is he? 25, 26 years old. Like the talent is there. Jazz has talent. I, I think uh, he'll figure it out offensively. It's just like, it's like when your boss tells you, Oh yeah, you're going to have to cover this new position at work that you have never done. So it's obviously like most of your work is going to go towards learning that new position on over the position that you already know. So it's kind of like, right. You know, added stress, but yeah, I mean, Lisa Ray, he's cracked. Um, run through uh, AL MVP. I think these are pretty easy. Both of us, uh, Garrett Cole. You mean AL Cy Young? Yeah, for AL for Cy Young, he's the odds on right now for me. Uh, he, I don't think he's allowed a home run this in this month. He has not. He has not allowed a home run yet. And he's been and, cracked. I mean, if you want to talk about Garrett Cole, he's he could like for how good he's been this season, he could be. And I know pitchers never win. He could be in the conversation for American League MVP just because he's the only Yankee that's having a noteworthy season at this point. And I, I, I was I was gonna consider him for MVP, but when I saw the seasons of I mean you could, but it's just like the team's not winning. He they've hard. yeah, so he has six starts. The Yankees have won every single start that he's that he's had, and we've only won 15 games. So he's almost he started almost half of our games. Or he's won almost half of – he yeah. is responsible for almost half of our wins at this point in the season. Um, and, it, like, at the Yankees for this point, it feels like, you know, if Cole's not pitching, it's going to be a rough game. We're probably going to lose. But if Cole's pitching, we're probably going to win. So, yeah, he's been that good this season. Um, I, I, You know, what can you say? Complete game shutout against the first-place Twins with 10 strikeouts. Uh, last start against Texas was okay. Uh, eight strikeouts and six and two thirds. Yeah. what I mean, he's elite. And for all the hate that he was getting, uh, ultimately, uh, what can you say? He's probably the signing at this point in the season. I got Sonny Gray too. We both have Sonny Gray too. I mean, can we talk about, can we talk about how good Sonny Gray has been? Sonny Gray is just one of those guys. And we've talked about it in past podcasts that, you know, he's not made for the lights. He's not made to be pitching in like those, Big markets. He's like one of those guys that will be career Kansas City, career like mid market team and just be elite. I mean, he was great in Cincy. He didn't get a lot of love because he was in Cincy. He was really good for Cincy, really good for Oakland. And then, you know, he's doing that. I mean, the Twins have a great one two punch, probably the best one two punch right now in the league. And the other guy I have on my list is Joe Ryan. Those yeah. two boys, pause, really good right now. I mean, I think what's so impressive about Sonny Gray is the fact that he doesn't really rely on his fastball too much. You know, he's in the 16th percentile in terms of fastball velocity, um, but he throws mostly off-speed stuff is what you're going to get from him. His curveball is elite. Yeah, his curveball, he throws that 26% of the time. His cutter and his sinker are three most used pitches. Then you get down to the fastball, which he only uses 15% of the time. Uh, And then he also has a slider and then a changeup that he doesn't use as much, but uh, you know, he's, he's a crafty righty, which ultimately kind of makes me nervous in, 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 in like, can't he keep this up for the entire season? Um, you know, but basketball has really high spin rate. Um, and he has a track record of, he's been good pretty much everywhere except New York. So, I, I mean, the twins have Joe Ryan, Pablo Lopez and yeah. Sonny Gray. I mean, th- that's a, that's a really good playoff three right there. Could the twins actually be a world series contender. We might be needing like give it a couple more months, but they have the 
the the type of roster that can succeed in the playoffs versus like versus the Yankees, which is don't. I mean, this is this is the thing with the Twins. They got three arms. I mean, Joe Ryan has a really good stuff this year. I bought into his hype, and it's really good. So then you got that, and their bullpen is okay, but they have multiple guys that throw you at the ninth. They got Jorge Lopez, Juan Duran. Maybe they go out one or two more bullpen arms. And then hitting-wise, I mean, they're right there. I mean, and they do have the farm to actually get guys, so it's kind of like – there's no team in the AL that has actually been like, oh, elite other than the Rays. But, you know, caveat is that the Rays have played the White Sox and crap-ass teams right now. And, like, are the Rays just playing their best baseball in April? Yeah. That's a long season. I mean, and, you know, for as good as the Rays were in April, 23-6, and six, they're only three and a half games of, of Baltimore right now in the division, which is kind of crazy. And they haven't played New York? They would play them this week. This week, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But I mean, those are my three. You put Shohei. I mean, yeah, you I have to have another Shohei talk. How good he is? No, I don't need to talk about that. He got roughed up uh, against Oakland. Otherwise, I would have had him higher in that list. Yeah. Uh, for the NL, we're both in agreement. Uh, the Strider, Zach Gallen, is your top two. Really notable that it's two young guys to the game. I mean, up there. And then yep. my third is uh I've kind of fallen in love with this guy. Pause. Uh, Justin Steele. He looks really good on the numbers. Really, really good. Yeah, from the Cubs. He's he's been really good for them. I mean, the Cubs have something cooking up there. I know they're falling back to earth, but I mean, he's pitching really well. And it, you know, never felt like this guy could be a Cy Young guy, but he's pitching really well. One point so. one nine ERA. Uh, he's got a eight point six K per nine. And then 0.7 war, um, you know. He's yeah, pitching he's, well. He's, he's got to give him credit, you know. What'd you say? He's pitching well. You got to give him credit. I mean. Yeah. I got I, I got Strider one. Dude's striking out 14 batters per nine innings. Just unheard of. He's got a 1.3 war, uh, 1.8 ERA. Had a perfect game going into the seventh inning the other night against, uh, I think it was Miami. And then Matt Olson booted a ground ball at first base. That was tough. I got Zach Gallon too. We both have Zach Gallon too. Uh, he's been great for the first place Arizona Diamondbacks. And then third, I got Kershaw. Uh, Kershaw is quietly having a good year. I feel like not many people are talking about the Dodgers, but he's got a 1.89 ERA, 1.2 war. Uh, he's striking out nine batters per nine innings um, and, you know, six starts, five wins. So um, Kershaw, man, for, you know, as long as he's been in the league, he's still, he's still, Still an elite arm. Uh, I, I think you have to say he's a first ballot Hall of Famer at this point. I mean, the thing with the Dodgers is that you expect them to be running away with that division. But this year, it's kind of like with all this youth influence, they haven't been playing that well. It's, it's, a, weird, weird. it's a weird division this year. It's, it's just weird. been – I just feel like this year has been weird in general. A lot of the teams we thought were going to be good have just been bang average. And I kind of feel like we fell in love – we're just looking at it on paper and didn't like look at like I mean we were right about Arizona because we've always been a fan of what they're doing and we kind of saw like the foundations of what they were doing with teams like the Cardinals like the cracks were already there but we kind of just fell in love with okay they have a guy like Goldschmidt who's elite and then Arenado but you know that's half the battle when your pitching staff is just absolute dog shit they're ten to nineteen. Um, they have two and eight in their last 10. Yeah. The Cardinals stink. Yeah. It's, it's 
for and like everyone like they were looking at what they had on the talent on paper and everyone was hyping them up on social media heading into the season and they've probably been the league's most disappointing team this season i think that's fair to say well i mean we just fell in love with a lot of things and it's just like the twins we kind of saw it but we weren't sold and so i mean with kershaw it's kind of like yeah he's pitching great but like again we've seen him do better yeah, I mean, again, it's the third guy in April. So we have five more months of the season to go. It's a long way. In terms of rookie of the year, uh, if, if I think you know, we all, I think we don't need to spend much time because I no. think we agree most of these. I'll run through the Can I uh, say AL. We both have one, two, Hunter Brown. I've been a huge Hunter Brown fan since he came up last year. Uh, Masataka Yoshida, he's he's been picking it up lately. His bat's on fire right now. He started out horribly, but yeah. he's picked. Yeah, I up. dropped him in fantasy. You picked him up. He's good. I mean, he's just an average. Like he's a guy that hits for average, two seventy four average, four homers, sixteen ribbies. But just look at what he's done in the past, like two weeks. Dude. I know. Yeah, two last seven days he's hitting four thirty five with yeah. three bombs. So he's totally picked it up um, for Boston. And like right now, Boston has the same record as the Yankees. They're fifteen and fourteen. So both teams are kind of just staying afloat right now. Um, I, think that, I think that's what you just have to do in that division. You just have to stay afloat in the East. You just hope that you don't blow an um, like don't blow a like godsend amount of games because if you start blowing a lot of games, you'll be in real trouble to get out. But I mean, right now, if you were to look at divisional standings, pretty much you can just have the whole AL East as a you know playoffs. Like every single team, one through three, the Rays, the Orioles, and Blue Jays would lead all the AL divisions right now. And then the Yankees and Red Sox would be like wild cards. You can totally just be like, screw it. Just make the AL East a playoff division. Just run the AL East playoffs. Yeah. Minus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and right now Hunter Brown is plus 700 to to win on DraftKings. You got Yoshida at plus 275 and then Anthony Volpe at plus 450, which I think there's a, there's a very good chance that Anthony Volpe gets option to triple A in the coming weeks. Bad. He has been bad. That's just pure hype uh, for that that odds. The, the so, odds. I got Josh John third from the Rangers. He's, he's hitting two sixty with five home runs. Hit a grand slam against the Yankees today, so he's 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 been good for Texas. I got Logan O'Hope. He's been really good for uh, as Hoppy. the catcher. He Logan O'Hoppy. O'Hoppy. Yeah, he was a big uh, piece back from the Noah Syndergaard trade from Philadelphia. Over. I wanted him on the Reds for a Tyler Malley package, but he ended up in LA and he's been decent. He's been a top five catcher right now, just statistically. Yeah, but unfortunately, he hurt that shoulder in the Yankees series, and he's out for four to six months. So uh, chance we'll see him in September, but he, he's going to be out for probably the season, unfortunately. Yeah. And now, I mean, Corbin Carroll's been on a tear right now. He's running away with it. At this point, if Corbin Carroll doesn't get hurt in the next month, just give him the award. Uh, James, he, Allen- he, he did, he did uh, get hurt on Saturday, colliding with the wall. Uh, chasing down a, a ball. Uh, he was out of the lineup today. He should be back. It was a minor injury, uh, but I'm just he, saying he, he was out today. I'm just saying not a Logan O'Hoppy injury where you're out for like months on end. Corbin just, Carroll already has 10 stolen bases. We are, we talked about that elite speed, but he's showing it. And he's got four home runs. So See that yeah, he, highlight he did the other day? Which one? Uh, I can't remember who hit the ball, but he, he was like – he caught up the uh, Perdomo, the shortstop from the D-backs. It was just yeah. like 
they were both like back to back. Like he was so fast that like he had to like slow down and not overrun uh the D back shortstop Perdomo. Yeah, it's wizardry. He's he's crazy. And then we both have James Outman too. Uh it's very kind of surprising season for the Dodgers from Outman. I don't think he's gonna be able to keep it up for the entire season. Um, because you know, he's been hitting 217 over the last seven, like production's gone down for sure. But he does have seven home runs uh on the on the year for, for the Dodgers. Uh unexpected guy. But I, I think right now him and Carroll actually even on odds. They're both tied. Uh they're yeah, they're both plus 175 on DraftKings. I think it's you know a good idea to put some money down on Carroll because if he stays healthy, he'll be easily the, he'll run away the, the, with the this award. Yeah. Uh, my last guy's Miguel Vargas. There's not really a last guy in the NL, but he's, yeah, there's not. I mean, I said Jordan Walker, but he just got optioned to Memphis, so he got options. So I mean, he's still an elite talent. You know, just it's just hard. Get, the learning curve is hard. Yeah, I felt oh, weird yeah. about him getting optioned, but. I mean, it's just like, I mean, we don't need to continue to just hammer about the Cardinals, but they've just been bad. They've just been, and the front office is making bad bad decisions. Well, we've they've been making bad decisions. We should have seen the cracks. Like it's kind of like revisionist history. Like, oh wow, we should have seen this. Yeah, but you know, I mean, so I mean, what what can you do? I mean, we're not fortune tellers. Thank God we don't get paid to be fortune tellers because if we do that, bro, we'd be. Out of work real quick. <laughs> yeah. So now we got April's team of the month. So this is the team we've compiled for the whole month of April. Who's been hitting the ball really well? I'll start off with our catcher of the month, uh, Sean Murphy from Atlanta. In 23 games, 96 plate appearances, six home runs, 16 RBIs with a 159 WRC plus, 256 average. Elite, elite, elite catcher. Catcher's yeah. one of the positions that – it's kind of a wasteland, but he's kind of been one of the best ones. He has really good underlying metrics as well. So, I mean, yeah, he's got a 1.2 Fangraphs war, which leads catchers. This might be a trade where I think everybody won except for the A's, which is common for all their trades it, right now. If you look at runner-ups, I, I, I would say Jonah Heim from Texas is in there. He's been really good for them this season. Jonah Heim's been really good. Rushman, who ultimately I think is still the best catcher in the league. Um, and then like a William Contreras has been good. Um, but as per usual production with catchers, at least offensively is hit or miss. Um, but Sean Murphy, man, he stood out for, for Atlanta. Um, at first base, we, we went with Yandy Diaz, 26 games, 112 plate appearances, seven homers, 16 ribbies, 319 average, 420 OBP with a 187 WRC plus and a 1.2 fan graphs war. Like I said, one of the best players on one of the best teams in the league. Um, he he's been great. He's on my fantasy team. Fourteen point three uh, strikeout rate. Like these guys don't strike out on the Rays. Um, Three nineteen batted ball in play. You know he's been impressive. If you had to like runner up, probably Goldschmidt is up there. Matt Olson, who has eight home runs for the Braves. Rizzo has been good, not uh, of late. Like none of the Yankees have, have been great. Connor Joe had a really good month for the Pirates, and then Vlad Jr. as well. And he, I gotta get you know tip my cap to Pete Alonso for hitting ten home runs in a month, but he's still hitting two fifty seven, strikes out all the time. So meh on on Pete. That's Connor Joe for you. Connor Joe is three hundred hitter, and then comes down to earth. Yeah, they say two eighty nine. 
Yeah. Uh, strikes out a lot. 24.7% strikeout rate for Connor Joe. Uh, the next couple guys, we're not really going to really go deep dive in because we've talked about enough in the podcast. I mean, three guys, yeah, four guys, five guys. Yeah, so, right. Chicks, yeah. Uh, Luis Arrays, he's hitting 442, as I said earlier. One home run, nine RBIs, one stolen base. I mean, if he was on a better team, he'd have like those RBA numbers would be through the roof. But I mean, he's in Miami, a poverty offensive team, but he's still hitting the ball great. 194 WRC plus, 1.1 fan grass award. Yeah, the RBI is kind of a stupid dis- statistic to like measure players against each other because yeah the, the marlin stink he has way less rbi opportunities than like a yandy diaz or a randy Arozarena. our shortstop of the month is xander bogarts from the pods uh, 1.7 fan graphs war 156 wrc plus 311 average six homers um, he's been great for them power surge for sure out there in san diego our third baseman matt chapman obviously uh 372 average five homers 19 rbi uh, 1.7 or 1.8 Fangraphs WAR with a 215 WRC plus, which leads the big leagues. Can he keep it up? Is the question. Left field, we got Randy Rosarena, seven homers, 333 average, 180 WRC plus, 1.4 Fangraphs WAR, um, electric player. And then you can get the next couple here, but uh, I, none of those were surprises. We've already talked about those guys. Yeah, Mike, Mike They're Trout, MVP candidates. Mike, Mike Trout, 320, seven home runs, 18 RBIs. And the one at 182 WC plus 1.6 fan graphs war. Hopefully he can get traded to a good team. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., as we said, hitting 352, four home runs, 14 RBIs, 13 stolen bases, 166 WRC plus 1.7 fan graphs war. Then the last two, Jordan Alvarez, which isn't surprising as DH. He's always the DH, man. He's he's the best DH in the league. I mean, if if there wasn't a DH, he wouldn't be playing because he can't field as well as others. I don't want to say he can't feel that's a very broad statement. And I'm not trying to get Jordan to come out my door when he comes to Miami. He probably he does play. He does play left field for them a lot. I will say. Yeah. I mean, he has the left fields of Crawford boxes, right? No, that's yeah. right field. It's so left. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Left field Crawford boxes. Easy money. Uh, Tyro Estrada is our utility guy. I actually, um, Little disclaimer on Tyro. After like the first couple of days of fantasy baseball, I actually tried to was thinking about trying to go get Tyro Castro, but of course he's in the black hole that is Team Amini, so there is no chance of me getting Tyro Castro, uh, Tyro Estrada. He has 108 plate appearances, four home runs, ten RBIs, eight stolen bases, hitting 350. He wasn't hitting that well at the start of the year, and I was like, man, let me go get him because he's multi positional. And he's a decent ball player, but he is on the black hole. That is Team Amini. If you if you look at like some of these former Yankees, you could field a quality team of former Yankees. Tyro Estrada, Sonny Gray, Joey Gallo, Jorge Mateo, all having great seasons. There, uh, those four guys are putting together better seasons than any of the Yankees have outside of Garrett Cole. It's been that it's been that bad for the like. If you go and look at the Yankees lineup that they're running out there right now, it's it's really fucking bad. But we're running know. Aaron Hicks, and Aaron Hicks is garbage. Aaron H- Aaron Hicks is a triple A player. Aaron Hicks is like 348th in hitting out of 352 or something like that. I read some statistics and I was like, man, he is awful right now. Yeah, it's not pretty. I'll and run then, through the starting pitchers quickly. Yeah. We already talked about all these guys except one. Yeah, the one that's holding my team afloat in fantasy baseball. 
Garrett Cole, Sonny Gray, Spencer Strider, Zach Gallen, and Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo is literally what Sandy Alcantara was for the for the Marlins was on my fantasy team. My fantasy team is total dog shit pitching wise. All <laughs> my pitchers love posting up four to five ERAs and love blowing saves. Pause. They love blowing it like so much. Pause. You you uh, you got to get rid of AJ Minter. I did. I got rid of him after like two blown saves, and I got AJ Puck. I, I I went for the better AJ in the division. So uh, he's he's going through a trial run right now, but it has been tough sledding on the fantasy team for pitching. I have the worst pitching in the league. Yeah, and, what place are you in right now? I was second for the longest time, and then you took over first because it was I was looking at about Rob, and I was catching up, and then you. I have I don't have power or pitching, so it's like I'm just an. OBP guy that creates runs and RBIs and batting average and yeah, forward. I'm in first right now, but I, I feel like I'm not going to be able to to hold on to it the entire season. I have no I have no power in my lineup and no pitching, so I mean I've my saves have gotten better, but it's still tough for me just pitching wise because every time I feel like I have a good like okay this might be the rotation that that sticks. I'll have like a Johan Oviedo start who puts up eight versus the Nationals. I'm like, <laughs> Is that today? That was today. That was this morning. That yeah. was this morning. I got like three saves and then boom, Johan Oviedo, just infinite ERA today. So I had Nestor Cortez who had a horrible start against Texas today. So yeah, I mean, is what it is. But um, relief pitchers, David Bednar, Jose Alvarado from Philadelphia. And Josh Hader from San Diego. Bednar plays for the Pirates. Those have been the top three guys. Bednar has some elite stuff. If you look at his Savant pay, you know, yeah, he leads the or he's tied for first in the league in um in saves. And he was on Team USA. Like he's certainly a highly thought of reliever, one of the best in the league. Uh, I don't know. Like we talked about last week. Um, like can the Pirates keep it up? I mean, they had a really good week. They're twenty and nine. They won two out of three against the the Dodgers and then went and uh won two out of three against the horrible nationals 16 and 16 and one 16 to one on Saturday night uh, and drew Maggie had an RBI double shout out to him I think he had two hits in that game so uh, they they followed up lot now this week they go at Tampa Bay for three starting on Tuesday that'll be tough and then they play Toronto so this is kind of the week of like what's up it's May if Pittsburgh wins both of those series we we had to start taking them like actually serious and that's a perfect segue to our team of the month we both agree that the pittsburgh pirates are our nl team of the month yes that's not even close like such a good story good for their fans yeah they deserve it been, been a while since they've been good and then here's where we differ i wanted to be different i wanted to be the hipster in this um i'm taking the rangers as my al team of the month I mean, I know the Rays are the popular pick, but I didn't just want, I wanted to give the listeners some some fun listening. So, I mean, they won series against the Phillies. They won a series versus the Cubs. The Royals. They won a series against the Yankees this weekend. The Royals. Three out of four. Astros. Two Royal series and two A's series. The only series that they've lost has been they got swept by the Reds. And then they uh they lost the series versus the Orioles, but other than that they've been pretty good. So I mean they had a good mix of comp. Um, they got the Diamondbacks. That's going to be the league pass series of the week for me. What, um, what when is that? 
Tuesday, Wednesday series. Just a two gamer. Two gamer in in uh, in Dallas, actually Arlington. They got a two gamer, and then they get the Angels in LA. So it'll be it'll be, it'll be a good nice little week to watch them play. There there that that's gonna be a nice little extra inning series. Arizona versus uh, uh, Texas. Yeah, Texas is first in that division. They beat the crap out of the Yankees this weekend. So, no, I mean, to my cap, I went with the Rays. I went with the basic pick, thirteen and zero. How could you not have them? Uh, ended up finishing out the the month 20, 23 and six. They're in first. Like I said, they're only three and a half up at Baltimore, so certainly don't have the division wrapped up. And you know, for as great as they've been, I'm gonna knock them here. Uh, you know, the 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 series that they've played against teams that we consider to be good, like a Toronto, they lost two out of three. Houston lost two out of three. Uh, you know, they they beat up on the Tigers, they swept the Nationals, they swept the A's, they swept the Red Sox, they swept. The Reds, they won two out of three. The White Sox, they swept. Then the White Sox again, and they won three out of four in, in Chicago. But they've they've beaten up on, on the bottom dwellers in the league. And if you look at their May, it gets harder. Uh, they play Pittsburgh, the Yankees, Baltimore, the Yankees again, the Mets, the Brewers, the Blue Jays, the Dodgers, and the Cubs. That is what you call a gauntlet of a month right there um, that is so, that's a gauntlet so i think well, gonna, there's a very good chance, there's a very good chance we come out of may feeling a lot differently about the rays than we do right now yeah um uh you wanted to get on get on some quick hitters and then series that we're looking out for this week before we sign off for, for tonight yeah, one thing I'm worried about, Judge, the hip injury. Uh, right now, they're currently kind of taking it day-to-day. Uh, if it doesn't get better, he injured it on Friday. He's been out Saturday and Sunday. If he doesn't get better, they're going to ultimately put him on the injured list. I hope that's not the case because the Yankees don't have any hitting outside of him right now. And he even he hasn't been really that great this season uh, by his standards. So yeah, if Judge ends up on the IL, the Yankee season could be a shambles and we might have to start rebuilding. Um, but I'll I'll – we can save that for next week. Uh, we'll yeah, talk. I, I have a lot of takes on that, and I, and I and I and I'm and I'm holding my popcorn. I am waiting for one more bad Yankees week to be like I told you so. Yeah, yeah. In uh, other news, uh, water is still wet, the sky is still blue, and Jacob Degrom is again on the injured list. <laughs> not surprised. Not just, funny. Sorry, not funny, but uh, expected. He's just getting ready for October at this point. <laughs> He saw, oh, Rangers were up in the division. All right, let's let's take some time off. Yeah, it's um, right elbow inflammation, which anytime you have an elbow injury, uh, oh, it's a little bit concerning. Inflammation is never good. Um, He's been great for them. So a couple story. rehab notes. Uh, Rodon supposed that there will be P I read this week. They're saying June, target mid-June, mid-June. I don't know. It, it keeps getting pushed back with Rodon. I, if I had to bet, we'll see him in August. And at that point, the Yankees will be 50 games under 500. So we'll just no point in bringing them back. Tyler Glasnow is going to get a rehab assignment pretty soon. He's been progressing, which is really dangerous. He could be a McClanahan Glasnow 1 2 could be very dangerous. Dude, I don't want it. Yeah. Then uh, we said TA is due for a rehab assignment this week. Also in Charlotte, if they might put him or wherever they want to put him. Why uh, is the White Sox AAA team in Charlotte? That makes no sense to me. It's weird. I mean, Miami's team, it's Jacksonville and New Orleans. That makes sense. That's close. 
No, it's not. Jacksonville? New Orleans. New Orleans is a short flight. It's two and a half hours, William. That's not, not a short flight. That's, That's not, not bad at all. How far is Charlotte from? I guess Charlotte and Chicago is probably actually about the same distance. Like a f- hour flight, 45 minutes. It was, if it was 30, 45 minutes from, from Cincinnati to Charlotte, add 30 minutes because Chicago to Cincy was a 30 minute flight in the air. So probably an hour 30. It's not that bad. Wasn't the Nash, the Nashville Sounds were, yeah, the Nashville Sounds were the A's AAA affiliate for a few years there, which makes no sense. That is so far away from Oakland. It doesn't make sense. Like one of the ones, and we're getting off topic, like the Yankees make sense because it's like you guys have Columbus. It's, you Scranton, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, and Trenton. I thought it was Columbus. They'll have the Clippers. No, we used to. Not anymore. Who has the Clippers now? Uh, yeah, Columbus Clippers affiliate. That is the Guardians. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's like the it's like what also makes sense is the uh the Reds, the Reds and the and the Cardinals affiliates make sense because the Reds you have AAA is the Louisville Bats and AAA. Yep, you have the Chattanooga Lookouts, which is Double A, which isn't that bad of a drive. It's only like five hours, and then you have um. Of uh, the uh the Dayton Dragons, which is like forty five minutes, thirty minutes away. So it's Dragons. Because it's a lot of sense, and it's like the Cardinals. You have Memphis and Springfield. Yep, makes sense. And Although also, Memphis is sneaky, kind of far away from St. Louis. It's like the Braves have the Gwinnett Braves and the Mississippi Braves. Yeah, the Cardinals have all Cardinals for their AAA teams too. Same with the Cubs. I think Cubs yeah. have the Iowa Cubs. Um, Omaha. I want to say they have an Omaha team. The they have that. Ah, I guess I was wrong. They have who the Iowa Cubs is their double A or sorry Iowa Cubs is their triple. The double is Tennessee Smokies, and then their high A South Bend Cubs, single A Myrtle Beach Pelicans, and then they got like Wiki League ball and stuff. Tennessee Smokies though, I didn't totally forgot about that team, but they have the Cubs color scheme at least. And it's a bear. I mean, yeah. So we're getting off topic, but I mean, if you're interested in the minor leagues, man, there's some there's some some facts for you there. There's some big facts. So big it's facts. Like big facts. Yeah. So um. Also, we will talk now about uh, Bryce Harper. Maybe do back real sooner. He's actually getting a visit with the doctor this week, and he can start doing an assignment. Back. No, it's it's not even gonna be an assignment. He he could be back with the team on Tuesday. He's hitting live pitching in in uh like during the day, not during games, obviously, but he's hitting against live pitchers uh for mm-hmm. the Phillies. So he could be back on Tuesday playing games for the Phillies, which is crazy. Oh God. They're, they're gonna get good soon. And then we have the Mexico series, Mexico City series, which is great. I mean, good high scoring environments. Yeah, I think if we learned anything this weekend is that Mexico City will never get a major league baseball team. Because we'll have slugfest. And because pitchers, Chris Bassett, I loved it what Chris Bassett did last night. On Twitter, he's like, Mexico City standings should not count. And then guess what? He gets he got pinata today. <laughs> he yeah. got pinata today, yeah. Maybe you should have went to bed and not focused on the se- on the Mexico City <laughs> series. And you should have focused on pitching today. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not that asshole, but, you know. But you know, I, I like the international series. I think they're a lot of fun. Um, it's cool to get, like, fans from countries that love baseball but don't get to have a MLB team in their 
in their country, obviously, like it's great for that. Um, but I just don't think we should it's ever great. have a team like in outside of the U S or like Canada, like there's no point because like, Mexico city, I've heard people genuinely like think Mexico city could have a, an MLB team, but it'd be cores on steroids. Like there is no point. It would be, you would get no pitching pitchers that would want to pitch there. Um, every game would be 15 to 10. And I mean, the game today ended, what was the final today? Like six to four, I think, which yeah, not bad. It was crazy. Yeah. 10 players homered last night. What'd you say? 10 players homered. Yeah. Saturday was the final score was four sets of back-to-back home runs. Six. Yeah. 16 to 11. That's just ridiculous. That that is a high school game with no pitching. That's like worse than a high school game, man. That's just I mean, sure, it was a lot of fun to watch as uh, if you love it was like a home run derby. You if you love homers, that was the game for you. Just just make a just make a home run derby at Coors every year there, you know. <laughs> yeah, they should that'd actually be a good idea. Have the home run derby in Mexico City or Coors every single season. Yeah, that'd be fun. Pete Alonso would be there in a heartbeat. <laughs> that's all he does in BP. Um, that's all. Pete, that's all. Pete Alonso's career highlight tape is going to be him in the home run derby. That's it. His nukes, great player. He has. We're not. We're not saying bad on him because I actually like his talent. But I just feel like he all. He all he just wants to do is hit nukes. Man. Yeah. <laughs> MVP quality, but he just wants to hit nukes. Yeah. Uh, series. I have my eye out for the week. Um, definitely. Uh, we'll be tuning in to see a little bit of the Guardians Yankees, which is the front half of the week. Guardians have been disappointing this season. Yeah, but we'll get it together. Um, what else? Tuesday we have the Toronto versus uh, no, the Tampa Pittsburgh series. Yeah, I'm watching that for sure. That's on my my list. We'll be watching Arizona Texas. That'll be a good series. And then at the end of the week we have some cracking matchups. Really, not really. We really don't. It's a really bad week. Not gonna lie. Keep it a buck. Um. Uh, yeah. Well, Yankees Rays over the weekend's good. Yankees Rays and Orioles Orioles Braves. Well, Orioles Braves. I missed that one. Orioles Braves and um and Dodgers San Diego, but it's mid on mid right now. So San Diego's yeah. gonna get it together. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 you want to be playing your bad baseball now. Yeah. Holy shit! The Panthers just tied it. The Panthers were down 3-2 with a minute left in Boston in Game 7 of this hockey series, and they just tied it in the last minute. Oh, this, this would be the biggest upset like ever. This is the best regular season team ever. we got to end the pod. I mean, I just missed it because I was looking at mid-matchups this week. Yeah, we got to end the pod now. So, uh, <laughs> listeners, if you guys got to this point of the podcast, thank you for listening. Um, pleasure again to be with William this week um, speaking about baseball. Next week we'll come out with more content more stuff to talk about and we'll go around the bases next week um thank you for listening and you've been listening to the critics corner mlb podcast thank thank you for wrapping up there Luis. uh thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys on the next episode peace out well, well hey wait wait before you cut we'll let you we'll start out the next podcast with what happened with the series you know so yeah uh, a full week from now i think people will know what happened but for sure we'll we'll give our hockey update next next part yeah. all right peace out bye We'll